Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are tuned into the program Tazkiya on Channel Islam International. This is a program that comes out every Laylatul Jumu'ah from our studios here in Johannesburg. Our SMS line is 0846688199 and for the international listeners is 0027-8466-88199. The email address for any input for the program is iiatciinetwork.net and for audio streaming you may click onto www.ciibroadcasting.net. This is the host of the program, Musa Akudi. Uh, Alhamdulillah, uh, after a long absence for the uh, Yami Hajj, I am back with you and uh, our engineer has just been trying to get to uh, connect with Sheikh Kamaluddin Ahmed, but it seems like he's having a little bit difficulty on the other end. Uh, Sheikh Kamaluddin is not available. But nevertheless, inshallah, Aziz, we'll spend the remaining part of the next half an hour with you, inshallah, Aziz, and... Uh, we will speak a little bit about uh, a very important aspect which uh, many of uh, the youngsters in the world are involved in today and how it can affect our lives as Muslims as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the Noble Quran, Nahmaduhu wa nasalli ala rasulihi al-kareem, a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Tabaraka alladhi biyadihi al-mulku wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadeer. الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صلني على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صلني على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صلني على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم. We praise and glorify Allah سبحانه وتعالى for the innumerable blessings Allah سبحانه وتعالى has showered upon us, and each one of us are the recipients of those nirmats and those bounties and those blessings of Allah سبحانه وتعالى. الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله. This humble servant had the opportunity of being present. At Baytullah in his precincts and uh, enjoy the deep spirituality of Hajj. You know, a moment that uh, it's an occasion which every Mu'min in the world look forward, looks forward to. And <clears throat> there's uh, quite a few lessons that come out from Hajj. And one of the greatest lessons is the lessons of Imtihan. Now, I've quoted the Quranic ayat in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created death in life. لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ So that he may test you. أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Who amongst you is best as far as his deeds and his actions are concerned, his amal are concerned. Now, in this Quranic ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used the word mawt, alladhi khalaq al-mawt. Whereas we would normally think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would use the word hayat first and then mawt, but the true reality is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws our attention to the fact that death in itself, the ultimate on which a person, uh, you know, al-aytabaru bil-khawatim, when he leaves this world, then 
he makes his dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahumma barik lana fil mawti wa fima ba'd al mawt. Oh Allah, give me barakat and blessings in my death and whatever comes after death. And the greatest success a person can ever find is at the time of death when he passes from this world with the iman in his, in his heart. This is very, very important. Alhamdulillah, uh, my... Uh, uh, engineers just signaled to me that our Honorable Sheikh is back online with us and for me I'm absolutely delighted because I'm speaking to the Sheikh after a very very long absence. Sheikh, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. I'm so I'm elated, I'm absolutely thrilled and so happy to be speaking to you and I was longing to just connect with you because I've been missing your valuable advisors for such a long time, although the, less, the, the listeners in CII land were listening to you. How are you, Sheikh? Alhamdulillah, we were listening. We wanted you to give all the listeners some nasiha from your Hajj journey. Mm-hmm. And perhaps we're able to spend some time with Hazrat Sheikh on the Hajj journey. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to hear your words of advice and Well, Sheikh, I'm just going to speak to I was just speaking a little earlier about life being an imtihan, and uh, it was the uh, the fifth day of Hajj. And as we were walking in the evening, our Sheikh also had come down to pelt the Jamarat. And then uh, Sheikh was with Sheikh Ahmed at that particular time, and they were going down to the uh, American camp. We went down there, and then uh, our Sheikh had delivered a discourse. And it was quite interesting that he had spoken about the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had created the uh, Jamadat. And the Jamadat is that creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the jim in the beginning of Jamadat which stands out for jasamat and for matter and body. And he spoke about rocks, uh, stones, uh, the earth itself, uh, gold, diamonds. These are all uh, lifeless bodies as we look at them. But because they have a mass uh, with them, they are referred to as Jamadat. And then our Hazrati had mentioned that above that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created another creation. And that creation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created was the creation Nabatat. And Nabatat is the vegetation, the vegetable kingdom. And he says the noon in Nabatat stands out for Nashwa and Numa, which means growth. Now if you take a rock and you put it on its place, uh, you can go back or, or you take an ounce of gold. Uh, after 10 years, the ounce of gold will not grow into 2 ounces of gold. It will remain exactly as it was uh, in its mass, in its body, etc. <clears throat> but Nabatat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given it that one added quality that Nabatat has an additional growth. And uh, with this particular growth, if you cut down a tree or if you mow the lawn, the next week you will find that there is a growth and the lawn grows again. The grass grows again. <clears throat> and then you will find that the in the same way the tree also starts, you know, you prune it and then it's, you, it bears fruit, it grows again. So that's an addition quality. But it says, the, the, what he was trying to drive at that particular, what he was telling us was that Adina will always become Qurban on A'la. In other words, the one that is inferior, the one that is lower, will always have to sacrifice itself for the one that is above it. So that is why you'll find that the earth, when it is plowed, then you'll find that the ground is actually moved 
upside down, so to say, and it's subjected to so much torture, you know, in the language, in the, in the, in the way we look at it. And the, throne, the stones are cast aside, and then it makes way for the vegetation. So in other words, the Jamadat actually sacrificed themselves for the Nabatat. Then you find another creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the Haywanat. And the Ha in Haywan, Hazrat mentioned that this is for harakat and movement. Nabatat and vegetation, when it grows, it's stationary, it's one place. It cannot move away a kilometer or walk away from there. It stays there at that one particular place. But if you take Haywan, the animals, it has got this one additional quality of harakat and movement, which makes it superior over the one before it, and that's Nabatat. So Haywanat, they've got body jasamat. They have also got Nashwa and Numa growth. And at the same time, Hazrati was saying that they've got an additional quality and there is harkat and there is movement. And because it has this movement in it, it moves from one place to another. You'll find that you may plant the grass and the flowers and everything and here comes a goat and it eats everything, you know, uh, uh, it, 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 it eats away all the grass and everything. So the one that is inferior now and that is the Nabata, the vegetation, actually sacrifices itself for the one that is above and that is Hewan. And then Hazrat went a step further and he said, then the next creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is insan. And insan commences with the letter alif. And alif stands out for uns. And uns is muhabbat. And it has this muhabbat and this ishq for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is because of this uns and muhabbat, it makes him the best amongst all the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is ashraful makhluqat. And that is why you will find that the jamadat sacrifice itself for insan and then you'll find that the nabatat also they sacrifice themselves for insan basically they are their disposal and use for the insan and the very same way haiwan also are sacrificed by insan so in other words the adana will always sacrifice itself for the a'la for the one that is more superior to it and then hazaji mentioned that this human being now, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he also has to sacrifice himself for somebody, for some zat and some being. And he sacrifices himself because he is adna to the one day's a'la, subhana rabbi al-a'la, glory be to the one who is a'la, most magnificent, greatest, most merciful, the one is above everybody else. So this human being has to sacrifice himself for that. And that is why he goes through all the difficulties in life and the sacrifices. And based on that, then he mentioned that, Inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyaya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen. La sharika lahu wa bithalika umirtu wa nawal al-muslimin. Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam mentioned, Inna salati verily my salah. Was, uh, uh, and my sacrifices not only that my existence my living and my dying everything is for Allah who is Rabbul Alameen and then Hazrat spoke about that intihan the ibtila of Ibrahim when Hazrat Ibrahim was tested various ways by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فأتمهن. Then Hazrat said, Congratulations, you did well, you excelled in all those examinations. So that was Nabi Ibrahim salam's waqiyah, then he spoke about that. So it was quite interesting, Shaykh, that's what, that's what Hazrat spoke about. And then he had, uh, in a, in, in a, in a, in the South African group, we were approximately about 627 people, and invited Sheikh on the 4th of Zilhijjah to deliver a talk.
and he gave a dynamic talk on the Hajjatul Wida, the, uh, the, the farewell Hajj of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it, you know, from the spiritual angle he had spoken about it, it touched the hearts of every individual. And after that he made muraqaba, we went into a deep state of meditation. You know, the place of Barkat, the maqam of Barkat, and or honorable personality. Alhamdulillah, it was great and wonderful, Sheikh. So, Sheikh, now we're still on 745, and if you just tuned in, you're listening to Channel Islam International. The program is Tazkiyah, and we have, uh, Alhamdulillah, our guest who comes out live from overseas, uh, Sheikh Kamaluddin Ahmad, who gives us some valuable advice. And, inshallah, I'm going to hand over to Sheikh Kamaluddin for the next 15 minutes, inshallah, to give us... Uh, you know, his valuable advice is Sheikh. Jazakallah. Alhamdulillah. Wassalamu ala ibadihim nazeen. Alhamdulillah. 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 السلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك I was recently sitting with some students at a university and they were talking to me about how to do dawah how to whether it's talking to non-muslims or talking to maybe not so practicing muslims and how to bring them back towards the deen. And I remember the hadith, which actually is transmitted and collected by Imam Bukhari Mullah. Mm-hmm. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that you should speak to people mm-hmm. about things concerning things that they will be able to understand and comprehend, mm-hmm. about things that they will know will have affinity for. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that, you know, both Mawana Musa Saab and myself, alhamdulillah, have had the opportunity to see our Shaykh speak to many different people from different parts of the world on occasions, whether it's Hajj, whether it's on Umrah, whether it's in Ramadan, whether it's before Ramadan, during Ramadan, in the last 10 days, and it's in Ramadan, on particular occasions like Nisfa Sha'ban, Layl al-Qadr, Yom al-Arafah, or speaking to different in different languages or speaking to people from different communities or even in small gatherings the way our Sheikh has spoken to the Russians or the Nigerians or the South Africans or Pakistanis or speaking to people in the Middle East and this is a great sunnah mm. of the Messiah of the Sawa mm. <coughs> yes? yeah, yeah great sunnah of the Messiah of the Sawa that they do amal on the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah mm-hmm. and they always speak to people in a wavelength that the heart can understand. Mm-hmm. And this is why we will witness many people when they sit with great awliya Allah like our Shaykh. Outwardly, apparently, it may seem that the Shaykh is talking something very intellectual or for some people practical, for some people simple or at their level or explaining creation. But actually what's happening is that the Shaykh is Directing his focus on their hearts, mm-hmm. using language that they will be comfortable with, language which will cause them to open up their hearts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And open up their hearts and focus on the heart of the speaker. Mm-hmm. So I think that just, this is what I was thinking when I was listening to you speak, mm-hmm. that, you know, Masha, or yourself, 
and myself and many, even of some of our listeners, have been able to see this mm-hmm. phenomenon live in front of us. Now, Hazrat is able to keep an audience captive, right? Mm-hmm. Is able to captivate an audience of all different types of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is the heart of the Mashai. Mm-hmm. And one major reason is also that they often speak, whether at the outset or the totality of their talk, or certainly the crux and climax of their talk, is always about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Always about connecting people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that sense, Sayyidina Rasulullah, he said, Al-Ulama, Al-Waratat, Al-Anbiya, that the ulama, the scholars, are the heirs, legatees, successors of the Anbiya, of all of the prophets, and all of the prophets indeed, they used to address the kulub. Their words used to be addressed in the hearts of the people. They were able to win over the hearts of all types of diverse people. So those ulama of ours who are known as Allah. Here, perhaps the greatest heirs of the Anbiya were Muslim, the greatest heirs of the Prophet mm-hmm. in this regard is that they're able to win people over. Mm-hmm. And whether it's reflecting on the natural creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the relationship, interrelationship between men, or whether even it's so simple, mm-hmm. like the few lines of Punjabi poetry about a horse or a few lines of Punjabi or Sariki poetry about a dog, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All of these awliya Allah and Mashaikh have a way mm-hmm. of reaching and connecting the hearts of their listeners mm-hmm. and connecting their hearts to mm-hmm. the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm-hmm. to the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. And so I think that many mistake and mistake mm-hmm. that many of our university students and perhaps even many guys make mm-hmm. is that they instead try to address people's akal mm-hmm. and they try to win people over by use of mere, mm-hmm. merely exclusively intellectual arguments mm-hmm. and that's not going to bring people Closer towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. In Allah Akbar, we have also seen that that person who is so stubborn mm-hmm. on getting the answer to whatever intellectual, rational predicament they have stuck in their mind, mm-hmm. sometimes we see that our shaykh performs what we call the jailbreak. Mm-hmm. He rescues that person's kalb, rescues that person's heart mm-hmm. from the jail of their akal. Mm-hmm. And then he's able to make that person realize uh, that a person needs to think much, much more with their heart mm. than they think, uh, much, much more with their heart mm. than they think with their mind. Mm. And alhamdulillah, you know, I think especially uh, yourself and Hazrat and many other of the Mashaik and ulama and this ummah were blessed to go on this journey of Hajj, mm. which is really ultimately a journey of the heart. Mm. And I think the lesson is that a person's heart learns mm. uh, was much more true and much more lasting and much more robust, and have a much stronger effect and after effect and lasting after effect on a person than the lessons a person learns in their mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel that this is one of the perhaps most simplest way to under- explain to maybe some of our own listeners tonight mm-hmm. that what is the real value of the soul The soul is that branch of learning of Islam. The soul says, Ahsan, Saluk, is that branch of learning of Islam that enables a person to develop their heart, mm-hmm. enable a person to discover their heart, mm-hmm. their spiritual heart, mm-hmm. their kalm, and then to strengthen that kalm, mm-hmm. to nourish that kalm, mm-hmm. to develop that kalm, so then that kalm may discover Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that our kalm may have a build our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that our kalm may reach out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Just like, for example, if somebody studies tajweed formally and rigorously, Mm-hmm. And I say these two words, I'm choosing these words deliberately. Mm-hmm. Somebody studies Tajweed 
Number one, formally. Mm-hmm. And number two, rigorously. Then they will unlock their tongue. Mm-hmm. And they will find their tongue capable of reciting in a way and in a style that they previously probably initially thought they would never be able to do. Mm-hmm. They would never have imagined such sounds coming out from their tongue. But just like that, if somebody studies the soul and liquor, but number one, formally, mm-hmm. and also number two, rigorously, mm-hmm. then inshallah they will be able to feel such feelings in their kalba, feel such feelings in their heart. They will start having heartfelt iman. They will feel those feelings of Islam and iman, feelings that they never imagined perhaps that they could have felt, feelings that they perhaps thought they could never be able to feel. Mm-hmm. Such as, for example, the feeling of taqwa, the feeling of God consciousness and being conscious and aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and love and knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fear and awe and reverence for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all times. Mm-hmm. Something that we can only imagine that whenever the nafs tries to uh, invite us towards sin or shaitan tries to whisper us towards sin, imagine that that person's heart is so strong, mm-hmm. is so feeling. But the feeling in that person's skull, that heart rises up and it is so strong it's able to you know, dispel all of the whisperings of shaitan and to negate all of the feelings of the nafs. So those are feelings. Mm-hmm. And until and unless our heart can feel the feelings of iman, we're not going to be able to really reach out and discover and be true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we're not going to be able to be true to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you look at the transformation, mm-hmm. That Sayyidina Rasulullah was able to leave over the Sahaba Ikram. Mm. That transformation was essentially one of the heart. Mm. He changed the way they felt. Mm. When Sayyidina Rasulullah changed the way the Sahaba Ikram felt, then it was secondary to that. Then obviously the Sahaba Ikram themselves changed the way they talked, and changed the way they acted, and changed their lifestyle, and changed the way they lived. And they changed their thoughts, every single thing about them. But why? Because Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam was able to change it the way they feel. And that's what we find when the great awliya Allah, like our Shaykh, and other great awliya Allah on this earth, when they meet people, when a person comes out of that suhbah, of that meeting, of that company, even if it is just for a few moments or a few minutes, they come out with having their feelings changed. They change the way they feel. And especially... They've changed and improved, improved and progressed and developed in the way they feel about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way they feel about deen. They become more serious in their feelings about taqwa, about fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when this person changes how they feel, then many times we explain it to our friends like this, once a person starts having more feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts having more feelings for that person. Once a person starts trying to discover Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah ta'ala finds that person. Not even that uh, that person will find Allah. No. When a person starts trying to discover Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself will find that person. And that's really what the awliya Allah do. They inspire the hearts with these feelings that enable that person to be wanted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they take people and they make them the murad and the mahboob of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what greater and what more noble act can that be? And that is exactly the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu took a group of people from pre-Islamic Arabia, from the age of Jahiliyyah, 
And not only did he make them the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the murids of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the obedient, pious, worshipful servants and slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ultimately what Sayyidina Rasulullah was able to do was he made them the mahboob of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He made them the murad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He took ordinary people and he made them the beloveds of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He made them desired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed ayah Quran. Ya ayyatahan nafsu mutmainna. Irji'i inji'i ila rabbiki raviyatan mardiyya. And these people then became so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could not wait for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was yearning for them. And he expressed that yearning in Quran al-Kareem. Irji'i irji'i ila rabbik. And return towards your Rabb. So we make dua that we can, all of us can have that opportunity to sit and spend and listen, spend time and listen and learn from the great awliya Allah who walked this earth and that we do so with an open heart and so that our heart feelings can be inspired by them and so that our heart can discover the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa akhlu da'wana and alhamdulillah Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah. Until next week. Jazakallah to all our listeners. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.